Welcome to Canopy Communities Founder Friday, the podcast series that brings real life experiences and inspirational stories from founders and innovators across the globe. My name's Biraj Nakaja, and together with my co-hosts Tiana Momrov and Pedro Gimerej, we bring you a diverse group of founders from varying industries who've been kind enough to share with us their entrepreneurial journeys and what makes them tick. This first episode is a special one, as Canopy's co-founder Stuart Noakes, along with Tiana and Pedro, interview me and my own journey from the corporate world into entrepreneurship. We really hope you enjoy this episode. And so without further ado, let's dive in and get ready to learn. Let's make a start, shall we? Uh, now that we're all together, and it feels like it, we cannot start any Founder Friday without Tiana and Pedro being in the, in the bottom two squares of the screen. It's uh, <laughs> fantastic to have you here. So, a round of applause to all of us for turning up on time, and a silly way for everybody who's uh, who's watching the recording. And um, today we welcome Biraj to the uh, to be the focus of the Founder Friday. Wonderful to have you here, and oh, nice. uh, it's kind of a precursor, really, isn't it, Biraj? Because you're going to be the host with the most on uh, on Founder Friday going forward indeed yeah i'm super super excited guys um it's been uh, fantastic to see founder friday uh throughout 2020 and uh, the, the great people you've had on and um yeah i'm really proud and honored to, to be part of this going forward for 2021 so yeah really excited and uh looking to bring on some fantastic founders and uh, share some great knowledge with you all well, as you know me so well, Barrage, you know I'm not very good at letting go. So this is a huge moment in my life. To, uh, <laughs> so for you, so uh, we we may have to bring you on as a guest, Stuart. Maybe. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> Nobody needs that in their life. <laughs> but w- welcome, Tiana and Pedro. What has become the founder Friday royalty of uh, of Canopy now? The two of you, the king and queen of uh, of these these sessions. So, uh, would you like to? In- I mean, you don't really need an introduction, but it's always nice just to get the introductions out of the way. And um, Tiana, do you want to tell everybody who you are? Sure. Thank you, Stuart. Hello, everybody. So I'm Tiana, officially software engineer, product manager, startup consultant, and officially nomad beach person, and one of the people who are having a morning coffee on Friday and chatting with founders in Canopy. <laughs> Fantastic. And Pedro, who the heck are you, my man? Hi, everyone. Have a great day today. Hi, Mirash. Uh, Pleasure to meet you. Um, I'm a proud member of um, Canopy also, coach here, also a colleague of Diana, our queen, and um, trying to help companies, startups, uh, SMBs, whatever, uh, embrace difference in change and uh, understand how to face the, the, well, the coming and very uh, demanding challenges we all face and trying to share a few things I learned throughout my career, whoever may use it, and that's it. Thanks, Pedro. So, a quick disclaimer for everybody that this is a we're real people with real lives and real children that really may come in at any point. Both Biraj and I have that opportunity in our lives going forward. So, uh, yeah, as we settle in, I apologise for anything that happens uh, on my side. All right, <laughs> homeschooling at its best, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so Biraj, why don't you uh, start us off? You know, give us like just a couple of minutes background on you as you describe yourself to everybody else, and then we'll start to ask you some questions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so guys, um, my background has been in technology um, and for the last 20 plus years, sort of in the corporate world, specifically within quality assurance and testing, which is where I met the lovely Stuart. Um, and um, I have worked, I guess, um, across different industries, but mainly in the sort of high transactional e-commerce 
um, world, uh, working with the likes of lastminute.com, Expedia, Sporting Bets, Betfair, and um, the last 10 years in particular with the National Lottery here in the UK. It's a company called Camelot. And um, over that time, I've had the opportunity to, to meet some fantastic people um, and really sort of progress my career in terms of uh, the roles and the responsibilities. In the last sort of five years in particular, I moved out of technology into the entre, uh, sorry, into the um, commercial space, um, and um, was responsible for the European part of the business for Camelot um, and our global expansions in that respect. So I had some fantastic, fantastic experience there, and met lovely and wonderful people along the way. Um, but being very open and honest, um, I would say, as fantastic as that career has been. Um, there's always been something still missing for me. And I wasn't quite sure what that was um, until I would say the last year and a half to two years where I've really been spending a lot of time in self-discovery, understanding myself, understanding my why and my purpose. Um, and it kept coming back to um, entrepreneurship and wanting to help people. And they, that was just that just kept coming back out at me, but I didn't really know what that meant, right? That's quite broad. That's um, that can take very sort of different directions depending on how you look at that. Um, and so I spent um, a journey, um, really sort of discovering myself, understanding my own talents and my strengths, and how I can start to apply that to my purpose, to my values, and to my dreams. Um, and with that in mind, um, I recently took the bold step to leave the corporate world um, and to step into um, entrepreneurship and, and, and follow my dreams, actually. And what has that led to? Well, it's led to a number of things. Um, I have uh, founded my company, Innate Compass, which is a uh, transformation coaching business, um, helping people to, just like I did, uh, and which was a pivotal moment for me, understand themselves better, understand their natural talents and how to turn them into strengths that they can start to apply both to their personal and professional lives. Um, I have, um, I co-own a children's coding club. Um, so we teach children from the age of five through to 14 how to code. Um, and we do that in a fantastic way, teaching them to code video games because like my six-year-old and my 11-year-old, that's all they're into. They love video games. And therefore, if we're going to get them to code and teach them something valuable as a skill going forward, why not combine that with um, uh, with video games as well, which they love. So that's going super, super well. And we, we launched that in September and that's, that's really um, progressing well. We're now going to be opening up our second site as well. Um, but also coming back to the um, helping people, in the last lockdown in particular, um, it's something that I... I personally related to those two events actually the first one being a walk with my wife one evening and I was going through some emotions there was a lot going on in the world with the pandemic there's you know stuff that was going on at work as well in terms of the energy and motivation of where I was um feeling and she could tell that there was stuff on my mind and she kept saying to me what's the matter what's the matter and I just didn't give her information i kept saying everything's fine everything's fine and she said one thing to me she goes oh you, you never open up you never you never tell me what's going on and then literally the following day i was on a zoom call with three of my buddies and one of them was also not feeling so great he looked down he didn't look himself but we kept asking him what the matter was and he wouldn't tell us and eventually we kept pushing and he opened up and um what was interesting was that he was feeling a lot of anxiety he was feeling a lot of 
um, fear uh, in terms of what was going on. Uh, he was fearful of his job because he wasn't sure about redundancies and things like that. And you know what? We were all feeling the same thing. But none of us had the courage as guys to be able to say, you know what, this is how we're feeling. And therefore, I created and founded what I call the man draw discussions. Um, and Pedro and Stuart, you may be able to relate to this. But us guys, Tiana, you might be aware of this as well. We all have this one drawer in the house, uh, the man draw, which um, is full of, I don't know, batteries and receipts and old mobile phones. And uh, Pedro is smiling, right? I think you, you, you get where I'm coming from, right, Pedro? Um, we all have that one drawer, but it's that one place where we can dump all of our stuff and it's our space and it's our uh, place to, to collect things. And so I wanted to create a group and a community for guys to be able to come to one place and talk about loads of different things and loads of different uh, subjects and topics that we wouldn't normally feel comfortable talking about, um, maybe to our, our partners and to our female friends. And I was astounded at how quickly that grew to around 350 people in the matter of weeks and, and, and early months. And we've got people from across the globe contributing towards that, which is fantastic. And that just came back to my purpose of wanting to help people and why, as an entrepreneur in particular, I've now gone into coaching. That said, I've got so much corporate experience that um, I don't want to just park that to one side. And again, in the spirit of helping, um, I'm now also doing some advisory work um, and also um, some non-exec work as well, so that I can use my corporate experience, but also my coaching experience now to be able to help businesses move to that next level as well. So very quick whistle-stop um, kind of journey from my corporate world into entrepreneurship. And um, I guess I can now proudly call myself a founder and be qualified for Founder Friday. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. It's always interesting to hear how people describe themselves in their own words rather than us sort of describing you. So thanks thanks for taking us through the journey there. And we've obviously right. known each other for quite a few years now. It's uh, been a pleasure along the way to uh, to see how things have changed for you. So Tiana, Pedro, what questions would you like to ask Biraj? And let's get this moving. There is a lot of material. I just wanted to know that it's kind of a nice that you only have a man drawer because I, I know men who have a man room full of, <laughs> room full of things like man that. Man cave, right? A man, <laughs> man cave. Exactly. <laughs> well, I have a friend who refers to it a man cave. So one drawer, it's, it's quite minimalistic, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I really love to hear about a journey like yours with so many different things and for sure that all of that brought you where you are right now and every single experience uh, brings value to whatever you're doing right now. So even if your corporate experience doesn't seem like directly connected to what you're doing right now, for sure, it it yeah. gives uh, it brings some value to the table and different perspective. But uh, a couple of times you mentioned the, uh, the desire to help people and then the connection to the entrepreneurship, which for many for many people is not like that. Many people see entrepreneurship as a, as a way to simply generate profit, get rich, get the status, et cetera, et cetera. And they keep uh, saying this pretty directly, like I'm going to try to solve a problem in a way that they can charge for my solution and I can charge like, yep. uh, like fat fees for that, right? So yeah. uh, it, it's a very different approach in your case, uh, but... Um, how do you think these, these things can be sustainable? Do you, do you plan to keep it uh, as a like, pastime hobby, your volunteering activities, or you think that uh, even this kind of entrepreneurship can eventually become sustainable? Yeah. So, I mean, with the Mandraw in particular, um, I'm not looking to monetize that in any way. That's a community uh, of people coming together to be able to, in a very open, honest, non-judgmental way, have conversations that can um, 
help them through whatever they're going through in their life. From my coaching perspective, my coaching perspective, you know, I left my corporate job to be uh, a full-time coach, advisor, non-exec director. And that's where, you know, kind of the financial element comes in. So, um, and the same with the Code Ninjas business. So actually what I've purposely tried to do is, is come up with initiatives that generate revenue because I've left a corporate job and therefore I've moved into something that is around, as you mentioned, uh, a business, but at the same time, also something that is a, um, something that's close to my heart, something that I can relate to as well. And who knows what that might grow into in the future. Um, what that has done for me is it's opened up doors and it's opened up opportunities. It's allowed me to go and be a guest on people's Facebook lives and podcasts. It's allowed me to connect with people um, that I never would have connected um, with before. Um, and it's um, it's just allowed me to have a platform to, to get my message out there. Now, whether that was three people, 300 people, 3 million people, the purpose was trying to help even just that one person. And already I know that that's happening and therefore it satisfied my, my value and my purpose of creating that in the first place. But everything that I'm learning through that, as you say, I can directly apply to my revenue generating businesses as well. Um, the work that we're doing with the children and the coding, um, there's a direct relation there in terms of helping that the younger generation and, and boys in particular um, be confident in um, asking questions, be confident in um, getting things wrong and learning from that. Um, and also just that communication and collaboration with each other and with, um, you know, the, the girls in the group as well. Uh, and, you know, there's so many online things going on right now, and it's obviously made it very difficult for us from a Code Ninjas perspective, but we actually pride ourselves in being an in-studio business as opposed to an online business because there's just valuable skills there that the children can learn going forward uh, from a comms perspective but there's one thing just related to what you said there tiana um i read a book called the go-giver i'm not sure if you've ever come across that book but in the go-giver they state in particular that your true um value or your true worth is in the amount of value that you give versus the payment that you take and having read that book, it, that just resonates so much with me. Um, this philosophy of um, giver's gain um, and the fact that the more you give, the more you will receive eventually. And never give with the intention of receiving. Give with the intention of giving. And the receiving will take care of itself. That and that for me was, that. yeah, exactly, exactly. And that for me, I'm not a huge book reader, if I'm honest, um, but when I read that book, it's just it just resonated so much. And I think it resonated because it tapped into my true purpose and my true value. And that's where with my coaching, I really want to help people get deep in terms of who they are, what's important to them, the way that they naturally think, the way that they naturally behave, the way that they naturally feel. Because when you can start to apply that to everything that you do in life and specifically in business, that's when you see productivity, that's when you see efficiency, and that's where you see results. So that's my purpose. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying the journey so far, if I'm honest. It's refreshing to hear it. So, so it can be a win-win. It can be something that you do that is close to your heart and still uh, it can become sustainable, not only financially, but like, like to have like long-term impact. Uh, yeah, absolutely. When people refer to wealth, I think there's 
there's wealth is is in so many different ways right wealth okay. can be financial but i think there is this kind of mental and emotional wealth as well and when you're doing something that is close to your heart um as a business as a profession as a full-time career uh, it can't really get any better than that right and that's what exactly. i try to that's what i try it's to aspire way. to and i'm 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 still on my early journeys, but um, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, that can be the outcome here. Sounds like a great start. Congratulations. Thank you. So, Pedro, you gamer geek you. Have you got any questions you want to wanna ask Viraj about this Code Ninja stuff or anything else? Yes, I, I have a hard time just uh, choosing the first one because <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> but I'll choose the first one. Um, how do you see... If there, uh, is there any relationship between your previous background on Q and A testing and the way you are, and what you are doing now, and the way you are doing doing it? Just to explain, I'm also I'm always interested in seeing art skills and soft skills, and how, how do they mix, and how do they help uh, develop someone? Yeah, so I guess um, with the Q Q uh, QA and testing side of things, um, you know, our, our job as testers. Um, is to is to to rectify defects and, and and bugs or identify those defects and bugs and help get them rectified. Now, you know, a bug or a defect in software, you can you can translate that towards a bug or a defect in in emotion, in value, in thinking. Um, and as a coach, actually, what I'm finding is that I'm able to find those things and identify. The, the things that maybe are not quite right or not sitting quite right with an individual, with their business, with their um, their goals and ambitions, and be able to highlight them. Now, my job as a coach is not to give the answers there. My job is to be able to, to ask the right questions so that people can understand the answers. They can fix their own defects. They can fix their own bugs. Um, and so for me, there's been a real nice correlation between the two um, on the coaching side in particular. But also what I found actually is um, I, I fell into IT, I fell into technology, I fell into QA and testing. Um, I was doing an IT um, uh, degree at university um, and I kind of felt like I had to do um, information technology because everyone that was surrounding me at the time was doing IT and I kind of felt like I had to do that. Um, just a bit of background in terms of, uh, of my sort of childhood. My father passed away when I was only two years old um, and my mother changed profession to go into teaching um, so that she would be on holidays when I would be on holidays at school as well. So from a childcare perspective. And so I've seen her work really hard uh, and she's done a fantastic job of playing both the mother and the father. Um, but my male influences in particular were my uncles and my older cousins, and they were all working in that IT space. And I kind of felt like I had to go into IT. And what I've noticed is people of my generation, my age group, fall into a career, um, maybe because they've been pushed that way or because they felt like they've had to go in, in, down that route. And then they've spent 20 plus years doing that, and they've actually got quite good at that. And then they don't know anything else because that's all they've been doing. But that, that's not their passion. And I found, I found this myself. My passion wasn't in technology, um, quality assurance and testing. My passion was in helping people. Now, that could be technology helping. That could be advisory. That could be non-exec work. That could be coaching. There's so many different elements to that. But what I found was 
I didn't pursue my dreams early on because I felt like I had to do something and that maybe that societal pressure, I don't know. Um, but I find a lot of people are in that space. So again, coming back to the link between QA and testing, what I'm finding speaking to my corporate clients um, is a lot of them are now, and maybe this pandemic is, has kind of exacerbated this, but a lot of them are now reassessing their own values, reassessing their own um, purpose in life. You know, people are spending so much more time with their families than maybe they were before and they've taken things for granted that they're appreciating a lot more now. Um, and these are the sort of things that I think people are now starting to realise. And so I'm here to help them untap that potential and here to be able to help them rediscover themselves so they can start to apply that to what they're doing. And from a, t a testing perspective, that's no different, right? We're here to uncover all the issues um, and help get those issues fixed so that we can end up shipping software that is um, near perfect. What can you do with that, Pedro? What can you do with that? A lot, a lot, but uh, uh, <laughs> it's Viraj day today. <laughs> so, so Viraj, I wonder if you could tell people a little bit about the the thing from the Gallup strengths with the left hand and the right hand. And if you can tell yeah. me a little bit about that te that technique, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And um, maybe we can kind of just do a very short exercise now with uh, Tiana and Pedro. Actually, if, uh, if we've, uh, do you, so do you guys do you guys have a pen and paper to hand? I don't even own it. Uh, as a nomad, <laughs> I try to minimize my uh, my uh, belongings. <laughs> can, so, can, uh, can Evernote to do? <laughs> um, that's impressive minimalization, Tiana, if you've actually dropped a, pa yeah, a pad absolutely. of paper and a pen away from the list. That's amazing. Because if everything well, maybe, is in the cloud, I don't care if my luggage gets yeah, lost. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe we can, get, we can get Pedro to do the exercise then. Okay. So, Pedro, <laughs> what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to write three sentences on your piece of paper. And I'm going to tell you the sentence to write. But I'm also going to time you when you're doing this. But before you start, I'd like you to put the pen in your less dominant hand. Less dominant. Less right. dominant. So if you're right-handed, please put it in your left hand. If you're left-handed, please put it in right. You're left-handed. Okay, so you put the pen in your right hand. And I'd like you to write three sentences. And the sentence is, same sentence, three times, I use my strengths daily. Okay? And I'm going to with time right, you when you write this. With the, so with the right hand? With, with your, yeah, so with your right hand, as neatly as possible, you're going to write, I use my strengths daily three times, and I'm going to time you when you're doing this. So let me just get my stopwatch ready. Are you ready? I use my strengths daily. I use my strengths daily. Okay. Yeah. Write three that times. three times. Ready? Okay, go. And while you're doing this, just think about the emotions and the, the, the feelings that you have while you're doing this. I can't believe he tried to put him off while he's writing with his less dominant hand. That's really harsh, Virashi. <laughs> That's life, right? We we go through stuff and we feel we have distractions and we have uh, um, things that come our way, but we have to we have to navigate around them. It's amazing. I do this so so often with people, and it's like the amount of time it takes to write three sentences is astonishing. I was going to say you said three times, right? Not thirty-three times. Come yeah. on, Pedro, <laughs> this, I hope you're going to see the paper in the end. I'm wondering yeah, if the camera's awesome. frozen or something. Like the Absolutely. concentration phase there, Pedro, is amazing. <laughs> I'm feeling the emotions as you write. <laughs> <laughs> Still going. Wow. Almost there. Almost there. Almost there. 
You can stop the clock now. Okay. Half one an hour. Minute. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. Come on, that took a lot no, of effort. Fantastic. One minute and 14 seconds. And let's have a look. Uh, let's have a look at that. Can we all make that out? Can you guys that? Read is that? as good as my best handwriting. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why so, are you laughing? I'm serious. <laughs> we can try the left hand too. Maybe it works better. <laughs> right. So we, can, so we can still read that, right? But Pedro, tell me, how did that feel? when you were doing that uh, how did it feel both um, um challenging and at the same time uh, feeling i was accomplished something oh, okay. it was fun Pretty it was fun. fun okay cool challenging right yeah. okay um how much fo- how much focus did you have to put into that from here i could feel how much focus he had to put into it. <laughs> yeah i tried to put as, as much as i could but i was trying to losing you at the same time I would that's say fine like, oh, over 90 <laughs> percent okay so you had to focus a lot more um you found it a little bit challenging how um how about the the end output there like how how neat was that i can do better you could do better you could do better okay did you feel any when i said to you change hands from from your left to your right what were you thinking at that point no i was uh, actually i was not thinking at all i was just waiting for the, the, the description the of the exercise. Okay, perfect. Yes. Okay, cool. And the things that I'm hearing are challenge, uh, more focus. It took you one minute and 14 seconds. Um, and the output, you said, probably could be better. What I'd like you to do now is that same exercise, but I'd like you to use your dominant hand. And I'm going to retime that while you do that again. So the same three sentences using your dominant hand. Are you ready? Okay, go. Let's go. Let's go. <clears throat> I'm guessing this is not going to take one minute and 14 seconds, bless you. He likes to be thorough. <laughs> Stop the clock. Stop the clock, <laughs> right. 22 seconds. 22 seconds. Now tell me, how did that feel compared to the first? And what was the output like? Okay, the output looks much neater, I have to say. That's good. Okay, how did that feel compared to the first time? Uh, comfortable. Comfortable, okay. What else? What other words? Tell me some words that are coming to your mind. Uh, I was trying to beat my previous record by, by far, so I was okay. challenged, but but by, by that reason, not exactly by the effort of doing it. Okay. And I can write, and I can write without looking at the paper, but I didn't because I wanted to be as fast and as well, uh, well, okay. as did possible. You, how much did you have to think about that? No, a lot less. A lot less. A lot less. And the output was. Better, in your opinion? Yes, it's, yeah. re- it's readable at least. <laughs> and, you took, and you took 22 seconds versus one minute and 14 seconds. So the point of this exercise, guys, is that the dominant hand and the, and the less dominant hand, no difference to dominant talents and less dominant talents. Pedro was still able to write those three sentences with his less dominant hand. But when he did that, it took much longer. It took more focus. It maybe took more energy from him. Maybe he felt a little bit more drained at the end of that. Um, And the output wasn't as great as it could have been when he used his dominant hand. And when he used his dominant hand, he did it much faster. It felt more comfortable. It felt easy. The output was better. He didn't really have to think about what he was doing. It was very natural. Um, And this is the same when we are using our own natural talents and our natural strengths as well. When we start to identify what those natural talents are and we invest in those talents and turn them into strengths and we start to apply those strengths to everything that we do, 
we start to feel at ease a lot more. We start to feel more comfortable. Our productivity gets better. We actually spend our time, less time, getting better results. Uh, rather than spending one minute and 14 seconds, you spent 22 seconds with, a, with the same task, the same pen, the same piece of paper, the same three sentences, but the output was that much more better, more efficient, and uh, uh, more comfortable for you. And this is the same when it comes to strengths. A strength-based philosophy, a strength-based mind um, advocates the things that identifying what we're good at and making them even better. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but in my corporate experience, but even if I think about kind of parents' evening at my son's school, often we go into a parents' evening or we go into a performance review and the conversation is is dominated by the things that we don't have, the things that we haven't done, the things that we need to work upon. But not often. That's quite a Portuguese culture as well, right, Pedro? To, uh, to dwell perhaps on the things that aren't working so much. Quite yeah. a British culture as well, right? Yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying that we don't we don't look at those things. Of course, we have to look at those things. But we spend far too much time fixated on our weaknesses and things that we don't have and not enough time focusing on our strengths and the things that we do have. And um, I've come across, and you, I'm sure you guys would have heard of this term of being well-rounded. Now, it's quite a controversial kind of statement to be making here, but actually, is being well-rounded a good thing? Um, because one could argue, if you're well-rounded, you are average at lots of things. I'm putting it out there. What do you think? I thought well-rounded was like late 40s, early 50s. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Personally speaking, anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's hard to be good at everything. I think that that's clear. Um, yeah. I think there's also something to be said for if you're incredibly good at, at one thing and absolutely awful at everything else, that that's a bit lopsided uh, for you as a person and in life and difficult for people to relate to right but uh, yeah. can anybody can anybody be comprehensively at a top level of everything is there any such thing as a perfect human being or a perfect existence I, I don't think there is right it's just optimized for type the type exactly. of life that you want or the type of situation that you're in exactly exactly that and therefore rather than spending time and effort on trying to um, increase the the efficiency and productivity of things that are less natural and, and, and lesser talents for you is identify the things that you're good at and repurpose that time to making the things that you're good at even better. Um, and so rather than becoming well-rounded, kind of this fist, actually let's open that up and identify the four or five things that you're really good at, the things that give you the most energy, the things that give you the most um uh, motivation and the best results and invest your time, invest your knowledge, invest your skills, invest your networks and connections in making those things even stronger. Um, I, 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 I said that I don't read that much, but I'm going to reference another book actually um, called Spike by a guy called Rene Carriol. And Spike stands for Strengths Positively Identified Kickstarts Excellence. And it's the same strengths men, um, mentality and, and uh, philosophy. Identify your spikes and make them spikier. Because when you start to apply those spikes to everything that you do in your business, in your relationships, in your day-to-day -day activities, that's when you start to see the greatest success.
But I would say this takes time and life experiences, as you mentioned, when you are entering the, the engineering uh, university, same as me, I entered yeah. because it was something like uh, good to do, it's easy to find job, uh, IT is in boom, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And then later, of course, I realized that, uh, that uh, uh, according to my personality, I prefer to do some other things, of course, leveraging the knowledge uh, that I had in that career, similar to you. But uh, uh, at that age, in the high school, 17, 18, uh, very really able to understand our spikes and all of that. I think we need more life experience. And that's why this culture of making a decision at, at the age of 18 to last until the end of your professional life, it's kind of a nonsense, right? I agree. I agree. And you're right. There's life experiences. There's there's jobs. There's people. There's There's lots that happens that helps us to understand who we are better. But my belief is that who you are doesn't change over time. Your experiences change over time and that that kind of molds and shapes the personality that you may have. But I have two boys, both from the same gene pool, both raised in exactly the same way with the same privileges or or um, uh, whatever it may be, but they are chalk and cheese. Absolutely different in every aspect you can think of. They look different. One loves football, one loves rugby, one's academic, one's not as much, one's more into sports. They're, they're just so different in their in their personalities and characters. Yeah, this is who fair, they are. You did raise them in an Arsenal household, so one was that, that not going to like football, right? That is, that is the truth. That is the truth. Actually, that's the only one thing I've imposed on the two of them is they have to support Arsenal. I also regret that a little bit now because I feel like I'm torturing them uh, with the latest <laughs> results. But, um, no, if but we're going to spark controversy are... at this point, I need to ask you, what's your favourite Portuguese team? My favourite Portuguese team? I, yeah. it's, it's the national team by far. Okay. <laughs> smart move, smart move. And if you had to pick green or red, which would it be? Red. Requires yeah. it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pedro, it's all gone downhill from here, isn't it? It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you can still evolve. You can still evolve. There's, 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 time, for there's, you. Time, there's time for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, ultimately, you know, our natural talents are our natural talents. And the key, as you mentioned there, Tiana, is how quickly can you identify what those are? Um, and that's where my coaching, I feel, can really help people because I can help them understand who they are maybe faster than they would do more naturally. Um, I work with younger children as well. Um, and um, as you say, their life experiences will will kind of, you know, lead them to different experiences and different um, situations and scenarios. But if from a very early age, they know instinctively what they do, then and we can start to harness that a little bit more, then, um, you know, who knows? That may lead to a career choice, a university choice, subject choices, work experience choices that may better suit to their strengths and make those spikes even spikier at a much earlier age. That's my ambition it's anyway. It's nice that you work also with uh, with younger clients, like younger children. Super important at that age. Yeah, so definitely. People uh, reach the, the coaching in their like 40s when they already feel that something is really wrong, they need to make a change. And yeah, uh, yeah after all these years of like not having the best time uh, they could have, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I think there's two there's two kind of markets there, right? There's the market that you explain where it's almost like they haven't done any self-discovery and now they feel like it's the time to, to rediscover. Um, but I have an ambition and I think maybe the Code Ninjas stuff has, has sparked that a little bit as well. Um, we see some super, super bright children coming through um, our studio. Um, 
And, you know, these guys have real futures. Um, but if we can help them to, to identify themselves better and make them more confident in themselves, then uh, the world is their oyster, right? Of course, we've, we've had one of those uh, bright sparks. Um, one of the teachers, if you like, in Code Ninjas on a Southwest UK demo night, haven't we? Yes, with his, uh, with his idea that he brought brought together. Yeah, it's very impressive. That's right, yeah. And Only so again, just started that, at university and already got his startup and already doing some some great things. So, And that that's brilliant, right? So um, that's a great example, Stuart. You know, that came through a conversation, a connection, a um an idea so he had an idea he went with that he happened to apply for a job at code ninjas we interviewed him i didn't know anything about this startup business that he was doing we had good conversation um he mentioned something about this and i was like oh okay but did you know about demo night and he's like demo night no what's demo night and i was like okay well you know what i've got some buddies of mine that do some really cool stuff here you know it'll be really cool um how are you when it comes to sort of like pitching and communicating and stuff like that and he's naturally very good at that like um for anyone that saw that i don't think they would really have thought that this kid's like just started university and he's got you know this this fantastic idea he's so confident and so what he's focusing on doing and what he should be focusing on doing now is getting himself out there and telling that story. Communication is a natural talent of his, and he needs to harness that. Um, instead of maybe doing some of the other things that he could be partnering with someone else to do, uh, could be outsourcing, could be um, you know strategizing in a different way, that's a really good example. And so when it comes to sort of business owners, understand what your strengths are. If your strengths are operational, uh, and maybe not so much communication or storytelling or, or getting that message out there, then think of ways in which you can partner with someone that has that strength so that you can get the biggest bang for your buck. Um, I work with some people um, at the moment who are fantastic when it comes to storytelling, but absolutely hate the administrative side of their business. But they spend so many hours on the admin that they don't get to do any of the storytelling and getting their business out there and known and marketing it in a way that um, they're fantastic at doing. Um, and I'm not saying the answer is always outsource, but it's about understanding where the biggest bang for your buck is um, and where you get the most energy and then navigating and managing the, the other elements, the lesser talents, the areas that don't motivate you as much with multiple different strategies that you can put in place there, but understanding this is where I'm in my good space. This is where my business can thrive if I spend more time here. And this is where actually I give the most in terms of value to my customers and clients. Focus there and don't focus here where you're not able to give the most value. And that's that's the whole philosophy behind strengths and what I'm trying to get out there. Um, but do you think that remind? the time the, sorry, sorry, Pedro, the current system of education and workplace and uh, talent uh, management uh, uh, is really made uh, for, for this kind of uh, thinking? No, not at all. Not at all. And what I would really love to do is um, get organizations to start thinking more about a strengths-based culture within their organizations. Focus on the things that people are good at. Don't focus so much on the things that they're not good at. You know, everyone has their has their sweet spots and you will find that engagement increases. You will get more people um, staying with you as a business if you allow them to play to their strengths. But you have to allow yourself to be open to that type of business, that type of culture, that type of mindset. And you have to be open to also the fact that 
people are not going to be good at everything and therefore let them focus on the things that they're really good at and get them to partner with people on tasks, on projects, on whatever it may be um, with others that complement their, their strengths so that you end up with a team that is effective as opposed to one individual that's trying to do everything. But you're right. Yeah, I don't think the education system covers that. We've got like 15, 20 minutes left of our time together. And I, I wonder if we take a small change attack here and just um, take us through what it took to launch Code Ninjas. And, and I'm asking that specifically because obviously you've come out of a corporate background and you're now into grassroots entrepreneurship, right? You're starting from scratch. Yeah. Brand new territory, brand new area. Nobody else is doing it. You're not taking over an existing business or anything. Walk us through that. What did that feel like? What did you do? You know, and, and how entrepreneurial was it in the end to, to get it up and running? Yeah. So, so Code Ninjas, um, it's not uh, the brainchild of, of myself. It's a franchise that is out of the UK, uh, uh, sorry, out of the US that were coming into the UK. And we happen to be one of the first to launch here in the UK. Um, however, um, you know, we're running our own business, right? All their operations were in the US, everything, all their systems and everything were US focused. And actually what we quickly realized was there's a lot of work here, right? This is not a a traditional franchise cookie cutter, you know, take all of this and just implement it. There's a lot that we had to do. Um, and so that entrepreneurial mindset had to kick into place pretty quickly. Um, how are we going to um, start the business? We need to find space to run it out of. We need to find staff. We need to find customers. We need to start marketing. We need to start you know, getting our name out there and we need to make sure that we retain the customers that we have because our customer service has to be fantastic. We need to build relationships, not just with the students, but with the parents. We need to build relationships with partners and sponsors. And, you know, like literally from September to here, the kind of things that we've quickly had to do um, has been phenomenal. But what I've tried to do is is kind of practice what I preach and, and, and what I do with my business partners is we divide and conquer based on our strengths. My wife is very good at social media. She's all about social media and marketing. I'm pretty good when it comes to being in front of people and, and communicating with customers and selling the proposition. And because I come from a technical background, it's easier for me to sell the Code Ninjas proposition. So I do a lot of the, the lead calling and I do a lot of the demonstrations and, um, and and the customer facing side of things. Our other business partner comes from a HR background. So she's been dealing with all the recruitment and all the um, uh, uh, sort of getting people on, onboarding and, and things like that. So again, it just comes back to playing to your strengths and what we've done in a very short space of time, getting to from September zero to now in January, over a hundred students that are, really flourishing and doing well and in a position to open our second center now as well we've only done that by playing to our strengths and what i've done Stuart, with that is i've i've almost replicated that to an extent to my coaching business into innate compass so innate compass was kind of my idea um but how i've launched it i've basically done the same sort of things as we have we have learned um through both positive and negative um, experiences with Code Ninjas in terms of what worked really well, what didn't work well, and I've replicated the things that have worked well. I'm not dwelling on the on the things that didn't work so well. I'm focusing on the things that did work well. I focused on the strengths of Code Ninjas, and I'm applying those strengths to an eight compass. And I'm going to do the same when it comes to my personal life as well. Um, you know, focus on the things, focus on the people, focus on the conversations I really enjoy, 
and maybe focus less time on the things that drain me, whether that's people, that's conversations, that's, um, you know, situations. Um, it's not been easy, though, as I'm sure you're all aware, right? As we, come, we come to the challenge of saying no. So I was looking uh, forward to maybe sharing a tip or two on, on that. Yeah, I mean, it's not been easy at all. And I think um, what I have quickly realized, having kind of stepped into the entrepreneurial world, is that, you know, this Christmas was the first Christmas where I was even working on Christmas Day morning. And usually in my corporate world, um, the two weeks before Christmas are like booked off. They're holidays, right? That's time for me to switch off and, uh, and be able to just focus on other things that's not work. Um, it's hard to do that as an entrepreneur and it's hard to do that in the early startup days as well. Um, and so I think the one tip that I have is um, structure systems and routine. Um, you know, especially when you're juggling multiple businesses like I am now, um, it's segregating your day to certain businesses, certain conversations, certain activities. Um, but within that day, also putting in place time for self-development or learning or going and taking a walk or spending time with your family or whatever it may be. Because what I've learned actually is spending time with my family in particular has given me a lot of ideas. That walk with my wife gave me the idea of the mandrel discussions. Um, talking to my 11-year-old son who's into gaming about Code Ninjas gave us the, the the will to start that business because we knew that there's a market just like my son 11 years old loves video games and um, there's a market for this um speaking to colleagues and friends and families who are feeling stuck and stagnant in their roles and are wanting to do something about that has sparked the innate compass coaching and actually it's those conversations and those experiences um where you sometimes don't realize at the time uh that's where these businesses are born that's where the ideas come from and that's where the success comes from as well so my tips are keep an open mind um you know broaden your experiences broaden your networks broaden your conversations because you never know what conversation what person what situation um can spark that idea and when you have that idea um like me don't don't sit on it or don't park it to one side and and just carry on doing your day to day if you've got a passion if you've got a dream um go and execute it right go and execute it this time last year i was in a corporate job and that was it i was in a corporate job literally one year on i've got a coding business i've got a coaching business i'm doing advisory work i'm doing non-exec work and that's all happened during one year and by the way we had a global pandemic during that year as well so when someone says it's not possible it is possible it's just bloody hard and sometimes you know it takes a lot of uh, determination but it can be done it can be done um, and to follow your dreams follow your passions follow your guts and um, as i said right at the beginning uh, with regards to the go-giver focus on giving value and the rest will look after itself Return. I think we've probably got time for one more question each if you want. And then I've got some character questions for all three of you to answer at the same time. Okay. So start getting your brain box ready. Uh, Pedro, your last question for Viraj. 
Okay, um, great. I read a lot with what you do, and I believe impact is, is the most important KPI uh, on everything you do. So instead of focusing on people, I, I assume you'll be trying to focus on business leaders as a means to impact on a lot, of, a lot of people by impacting on people that impact on a lot of people. So how do how, how at the same time, coaching is not an easy, an easy business to escalate. How do, how do you plan to do this? So how do I plan to grow my businesses? If and if are you are not trying to focus on business, business leaders uh, as a means to reach um, a, a higher impact? Business, sorry, uh, so did you say business leaders, did you say? Yes, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, general managers. Yeah, okay, general guys, I'm with whatever. you. Yeah, I'm with you. So I think that's where my corporate experience has helped. So having been in executive positions within large organizations myself, um, I've got a really good network there. And um, my top strengths, actually, um, networking, I have one which I love. It's called WU, um, and it stands for Winning Others Over. Um, and it's very much about being a people person, being able to connect with people very quickly. Um, if you haven't already noticed, I love talking and I love speaking with people and, you know, I, I love being around people. And so it's true. Yeah. You could wake him up from a, a drunken stupor at three in the morning and he'd be like, hi, how are you? How can I help you? Right? It's just yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but leveraging those relationships, right? That's uh, just going back to that. It's like leverage the relationships that you have. Um, always look to extend those relationships. Always look to, to network as much as you can. That's 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 what I enjoy, and that's what um, I'm going to be using to leverage my businesses. Um, but also, the proof is in the pudding, right? Um, if I'm coaching someone that genuinely feels like that coaching has helped them, then they're going to go and tell other people, and then those people are going to go and tell other people. And therefore, again, coming back to value, making sure you give the right value. I think giving value is your biggest marketing tool because if you give value and people appreciate that value, then they will recommend you, they will, they will refer you, they will share their experiences and that will help scale your business. Um, so for me, the two things I'm really focusing on is leveraging my existing network, but also increasing my, my existing network um, because again, where I have my strengths, I will also have my lesser talents. And so being able to, um, being able to partner and collaborate with people that have the things that I don't have will be able to help scale my business. Um, but also make sure that whatever I'm doing, I give it hundred percent in terms of value. I give the right time and focus and dedication when it comes to my coaching, I give, the right guidance and support to the children who are doing the Code Ninjas um, program. Um, I give the platform for the guys on the Mandraw discussions um, uh, group and community to be able to feel comfortable and confident to talk about stuff that they wouldn't talk about. I mean, it's amazing some of the things that go on in there. And I've had strangers contact me. And I say strangers, they feel like friends now because I know them by name. Uh, on Facebook more than anything else, but um, they, you know, they contact me saying thank you for this particular thread on the on the on the Facebook group, or thank you for that discussion because I'm really going through something in my life right now, and that particular thread or that conversation has really helped me. And it's like there's no better feeling than that, right? I just wanted to help one person, and if I can help 300 people, that's fantastic. But if I still only help one person, I've served my purpose. Thank you.
Tiana, your last question. In, in the times of uh, startups, gig economy, even passion economy, passion economy uh, booming, what do you think is the future of the corporate? Future of the corporate? Make it an easy think, question, Tiana. Make it an yeah, easy one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think the future of corporate is being less corporate. Like, <laughs> I think, and certainly during this pandemic, right, um, how many corporate organizations that maybe didn't allow home working are now thinking about home working? Um, how many um, corporates that are considering um, benefits and reward schemes are now thinking about more flexibility as a reward or a benefit? Um, you know, one thing I've learned is um, time is precious um, and, um, you know, family and friends um, are, are so important that actually people value their time so much more now. And so I think corporates have to become less corporate. I think they have to be more open-minded. I think they have to be more um, employee-centric. Um, and I think they need to pivot much earlier. Don't let a pandemic change the way you operate. Um, be forward thinking and and listen to your staff listen to your employees and put them at the heart of everything that you do um, you may you, you know you come across this customer the customer is always right and of course that is the case when it comes to sort of the end customer but at the same point there's almost this employee is always right mentality as well listen to your employees because if you can increase the engagement within your business and within your within your company and corporate organizations then you know that's the lifeblood of your business and if your if your staff are giving great value then you as an organization will give great value and that will only be a good thing thank you all right i'm going to go for the character questions right i want an answer from each of the three of you on this Let's because although you guys have been on a lot of these these discussions before pedro and tiana not everybody who's watching this recording will, will know all about you okay so let's get some insights to your character first of all coffee or tea which is more important to you, coffee or tea, Biraj? Coffee. Coffee. Jana? Coffee. Pedro? Coffee. Okay. Café or galão? Espresso or latte? Café. Espresso. Yeah. Or latte. Which one, Biraj? Uh, okay, latte. Okay, good. Uh, cake or fruit? Cake. Fruit. Definitely. <laughs> with your personal fitness transformation, Biraj, you really went with cake. I can't believe it. Okay. Uh, Benfica or sporting? Sporting, of course. <laughs> Blank. <laughs> Kite surf. Yeah, okay. I was, was going to say, I was going to say Portugal national team. I'm not, I'm not one way or the other. <laughs> okay. Okay. Working for yourself or working for somebody else? Myself. Myself serving others. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's like this. I love yeah. that. 100%. I agree with uh, Pedro there. And, you know, now having experience working for myself, I wish I did it earlier. I wish I did it earlier. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Ooh. That's a tough one. Both, I'd say. Me do. <laughs> PlayStation 5 or going to the library? Can I go to the beach? <laughs> PlayStation yeah, 5. <laughs> library, I would say library. <laughs> uh, impact or unicorn? Impact. Impact. Okay. Um, WhatsApp or text? 
WhatsApp. WhatsApp. What's 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 is it something about sharing with Facebook and something like that? Sharing more information or you can close your account, something like that. Ah. Uh, audio call or Zoom? Zoom. Zoom. Zoom with video on. Otherwise, yeah, it's sure. just Zoom with the video on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's just an audio call. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You need to see people. Yes, in, uh, in person event or networking on platforms like AirMeet? In person. Ah, it's, it's a it. tough one. It's a tough one because we have access to many more events this, this way. Well, that's why you have to choose, Tiana. There's no such thing as an easy choice. It's just like, you know, <laughs> it's a choice, right? <laughs> okay. okay, then online. I've been enjoying these events a lot. Otherwise, I wouldn't be with you guys today. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't see you half as much, would we, with, with, with the, <laughs> the difference and stuff, yeah. In, in person, if they are huge, like Web Summit, for example, uh, online, if they are smaller. So we can attend a lot and, and, uh, and, and, and meet a lot of different people and, and be, be together. Do you know that's super interesting because I'm the other way around. So am I. I was going to say bigger events thing. online, smaller yeah. events in person. Definitely. Because one of the things I hate about Web Summit is there's so many people that I want to see and I can't do it because it's all jammed into a certain period of time. And I, I actually could see more people or get across more online, but I'd much rather have like a dinner of eight people in person. Yeah. That sense? But, I, but it's interesting, isn't it? Everybody's got a different, a different but I do, I, It was I very do. interesting on the, on the what was the name of the uh, investment summit in Lisbon? Uh, they did like dinner with a stranger where they put uh, like, I don't know, not, it was it randomly or they had some algorithm in their mind, but for sure we didn't know anything about this. Five of, uh, of uh, participants uh, uh, in each restaurant. Like we didn't know anything. Who's going to be there? We just received the, the name of the restaurant. Amazing. And, uh, uh, and I went three God, times that could have gone this, so uh, wrong, couldn't this, it? Uh, investment. So wrong. <laughs> and actually the best part of those three conferences that I went uh, <laughs> was this dinner because in the conference it's like so many people as you mentioned Stu that mm. it, it becomes like just, just, just a mess and on that dinner I really felt like okay I had two hours to talk to these five people and that was the most valuable part of the whole yeah. event which had I don't know how uh, many participants maybe it's because I live in Lisbon and, and Web7 has been in Lisbon for the last years but it's like a, a full week of, of meeting uh, attending um, the conference and the meeting people, having lunch, having dinner. So it's probably it's because I'm I'm local, but I do that. All. I have that personal contact uh, during the entire week. You know, so probably yeah. that's just. And, it, and isn't it strange what difference a year makes? That dinner with a stranger a year ago made an awful lot of sense, but a year on is now called a super spreader. Right? It's just. I really hope this is temporary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because I don't really like this thing. So it's been a great, great session today and great to kind of see what makes Birage tick as you kind of take over now as the, at the helm of the Founder Friday series for, yeah. the, for the rest of the year. So I wish you every luck with that. As I say, I'm not very good at letting go. So I may turn up every once in a while in a panel discussion or two. Always, always, okay. always welcome. It's, it's, uh, it's your baby. We're just uh, helping nurture the baby a little bit more. That's all. But uh, no, I'm really excited to, uh, to, to be joining the team and, uh, and hosting uh, uh, with uh, Tiana and Pedro, uh, Founder Fridays going forward. And actually, I just want to bring a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, different experience 
both from industry and from people perspective uh, to the uh, the founder Fridays as well. So one thing that I'm learning actually is I learn a lot from people outside of the industries that I operate within. Um, and so what might be pretty cool is to be able to get some people and I've got some great ideas of people to bring on as well. Um, they have done some amazing things in different industries outside of technology, for example. Um, but technology startups and entrepreneurs can 100% learn from um, these maybe uh, industries that they wouldn't have necessarily looked at or, or, or kept an eye on. So um, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good year. Uh, 2021 is going to be a good year. Even though we've started in, <laughs> even though we started in lockdown here in the UK, it's going to be a good year. Absolutely. And, and some of the changes, just to finish off, I mean, we're, we're staying with the same time and uh, in the month. So it's uh, every second Friday at one o'clock UK Lisbon time. It will be for an hour, but we'll change the platform as we have today. So it will be on Zoom. That seems to have been much better for things like the lag and the recording and everything. And it's been brilliant to have Tiana fully in sync with the, the timing stuff because some of those lags on Crowdcast were driving me crazy and we couldn't get all your great questions out and everything. So, so that's brilliant. Um, we've made the live thing now will be specifically for canopy members and tribe members to attend so uh, the invites will go exclusively to members and obviously if you want to join the tribe that's easy to do uh, all the recordings and the podcast will be uh, put on Substack and will go out through Spotify and stuff so people get access to everything but the actual live interaction and the Q&A stuff that will just be for, for tribe members and of course you can uh, let us know and let Barrage know about people that you'd love to see on here as a Founder Friday. Yeah, absolutely. This is about getting inspiration and really uncovering, without any judgment, what makes people tick as a founder and how they approach situations and giving us all that kind of different dimension. Because there's many versions of right. There's many different ways to succeed. And we're just looking at all the different ones around us and saying, wow, isn't that amazing? You know, what can we learn from that? How can we build on that? So, uh, you know, come and contribute in that way if you're a member of Canopy and, and stuff. And uh, we're going to continue to bring in Portuguese, Indian, American and UK people and people from around the world as it sort of makes sense. So there will always be a, a diversity thing to it in terms of those backgrounds and those things that some of us won't know at all. We'll just have found them through through the network. Uh, and we're very strong and Biraj and I have agreed right from the beginning and, and, and Founder Friday has always been like this, that there's a, a, a gender equality across our calendar as well, that there's as many men as there are women uh, yeah. and that we, we don't have a bias on either side. We, we make sure there's a good blend. So I hope that's all good for everybody uh, going forward in the year. And if you don't like it, well, tell Biraj because it's his fault. And if you do like it, then it was totally my idea. Okay. <laughs> so I, I guess as it's January we should wish everybody uh, a happy new year thank you Pedro and Tiana for being here today and for uh, opening up on uh, Birage here and, and find, letting everybody see who he is as a person so any last words from you Pedro any last words from you Tiana just really looking forward to this 2021 yes w welcome good luck Birage and uh, thank you let's uh, keep up the, the great the work that has just started and, uh, oh absolutely absolutely is a uh, big shoes to fill in that respect and um, <laughs> i'm uh I'm, I'm looking forward to it and as i said looking forward to working with you guys as well so thank you and yeah here's to here's to a successful 2021 and founder friday thank you for listening to the founder friday podcast from canopy community if you've enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate you leaving us a five-star review on your preferred listening platform and liking and sharing this podcast with your network.
Canopy only exists because of the amazing hashtag tribe members who make our community so engaging. We really appreciate their support. If you'd like to join the tribe or have any recommendations for amazing founders or innovators for future episodes, please visit our website at www.canopy.community. So all that's left to say is a huge thank you from me for listening in and obrigado y de breve from Tiana and Pedro. We really look forward to you joining us on the next episode.